Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions and target. How is everybody doing? Um, we have a lot to talk about, so I'm just going to go ahead and just start with the earnings here. Um, this, of course, is a light week because Monday we have off for President's Day. Um, but notable earnings uh, for this week include before open on Tuesday, Walmart. And then before open on Wednesday, you have Blue Apron. Uh, and then after close on Wednesday, uh, you have Zillow. Before open on Thursday, you have Domino's and Wix. Uh, and then after Thursday, you have Dropbox and Fastly. And then before open on Friday, you have John Deere. Um, usually, I have quite a bit to say with the companies that are reporting. Um, the only one that I'll be really looking at this week will be Walmart, just because I have a long position on Target. Um, just IV, just in general, for retail will be uh, a little bit more up than usual uh, because Walmart is reporting, so there's a little bit of um, you know uncertainty of where retail is headed. You know, Bed Bath and Beyond uh, isn't doing so hot, so the focus is back on the smaller retailers taking market share away from Amazon because Amazon has been on such a tear recently. One important point. And I mean, I guess this is kind of this is kind of irrelevant if you wanted to make a play on Walmart, just because this is before open on Tuesday, and the the report will probably be open before the bell rings. But um, the reason why Target dropped was because of holiday sales. Um, however, they did uh, like reiterate that their forecast was going to be fulfilled or it is accurate for the fiscal year. So. Um, say what you want about holiday sales going down consumer strength is still strong so i'm interested to see how walmart reports and how the investors uh, take the news i think that was the shortest spiel i've ever given for earnings week uh, there's just nothing on this earnings report that's really worth mentioning uh, besides the walmart play maybe just touching basis on stamps.com how before it's gone down like 50% uh, after earnings like twice. <laughs> um, I remember that. That was kind of crazy. Um, but besides that, like Dropbox, Zscaler, and Fastly, uh, these, these are just cloud companies that are priced for growth, right? They just need to make sure that they're reporting, you know, new users and making sure that, you know, revenue per user goes up maybe by increasing subscription price, all that, all that stuff. So I think that's it. Uh, I'm just gonna be looking at Walmart. Hope they report well in lieu of my long target shares. Um, and yeah, let's move on. So this is the section where I usually ask uh, to myself, how did my plays go? I have it in my script right here. Um, I just wanna touch basis on like how I've been doing and I think I've just been glossing over this. I wanna let you guys know why. So you can, just before we get into it, you can always go to www.thetagang.com slash Juni, J-O-O-N as in Nancy, I-E, and you can see all of my trades. I have like 160-something trades you can literally scroll through, and I always post my trades when I open them, um, and then I close them at a later date. I never like just 
open it and close it. Like you can literally look at my trades every day and see that my trades are open before I close them, which is a big deal. And I make it a big deal because I think that's one of the wackest things about FinTwit is that people, you know, only show what they trade if they win. And that's pretty whack, right? So and I just want to go into a little depth on why I haven't been talking about my trades that often. And it's because I've only really been winning. I think I've lost once in the last two weeks, which is really insane. And it's, it's it feels really good. Like, don't get me wrong. But I also, I don't want to go off or come off as a guy that you know, like just like seems to always win. Because that really puts a bad look on Theta Gang and I don't want to make it seem like Theta Gang is the best way to trade because it, it's not it, you just it's just the best way to trade for me and I feel really comfortable when I do Theta Gang style trades it's good for my mindset I feel like I really run it when I run it but I just want to lead by example and say like I'm not going to dedicate a whole section of my show talking about the trades that I won because the Oogla Boogla indicator hit 80 and it was an obvious short or the Oogla Boogla indicator hit 20. Like, I think that's the wackest thing, bruh. And especially if you just talk about your winner when you went, oh, I know I keep bringing it up, but it just irks me so much. Um, but yeah, uh, if, if I don't talk about this specific question in future episodes, just assume that everything's been dandy. I will, however, talk about any catastrophic loss, um, but I really doubt that would happen just because I don't do those type of trades anymore. That's back in my heyday. <laughs> I think what sets me a little bit different than a lot of these uh, gurus uh, on Twitter or just like on YouTube is that like I'm this dude that was the like frame perfect wall street better like you know software engineer too much money bored depressed and just like throwing away at the roulette wheel <laughs> um but really i transformed it into a hobby that i can grow and it's been super fun and now i'm just like this enlightened uh goofy still depressed type of summer i don't know how okay 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 dial it back dial it back so yeah, I just wanted to say that because I wanted to prove a point where like I understand where a lot of these YOLOs come from. I have been in that mindset, you know, what's a few hundred dollars when it could turn into a few thousand a few times, whatever. Um, but you know, I also don't want people to think like you always have to do theta gang trades. Like a lot of my patrons do YOLOs and lots of calls. Like I don't care. <laughs> like I could care less. I mean, as long as you're learning from my trades. Um, I mean, as, if you use the profits from, you know, my trades to go YOLO on something, I, dude, that's even better. Whatever, man. Um, I, yeah, and you also don't have to apologize. Like, I see it on a lot of opening notes on trades on the website. Like, sorry, this is not Theta Gang when they buy, like, long naked calls or something. Like, <laughs> you don't need to apologize to no one. You're doing you, dude. <laughs> or boo. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, this this platform is meant for everybody. I hope no one scrutinizes anybody for any of their trades because what did they do? They put their trades out there, um, and you most likely didn't. So always just uh, what what's the phrase I'm looking for? Always award execution. Execution is over everything, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, maybe in a future episode. 
So just to summarize the weekly play section, uh, just be keeping an eye on Walmart because I'm long on Target right now. Um, just know that you can do any type of trade and you never have to apologize to anybody. Um, and then, you know, just know that I've also been in your same position. I, at one point, didn't know a single thing about options, but I went through all the grit and grind to get hammered by FDs. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now I'm here, so I'm enlightened and I'm selling options now rather than buying them. And it's pretty fun. I like it. And as you've listened to the episodes, you learn more and more on how to do it with me. Um, and then lastly, I'm fully transparent. I show all my trades. If you want uh, insider info on my open trades, you can find it, shameless plug here, at patreon.com slash thetagang. Or if you want to just look from afar, you can go to thetagang.com slash junie, and you can see all of my 160 plus trades. And then you can also see the open ones, though you can't see the details of it until you become a Patreon member and all this stuff. But it's all there. Uh, I want to lead by example. And, you know, if I get any trolls or, you know, haters or anything, well, you know what I'm going to say is, where's your trading history, bruh? Where is it, bruh? I don't see it, bruh. Where you at, bruh? Oh, you blocked, bruh. Peace, bruh. Bye, bruh. Wow. I was actually going to just end it there and go to the next section. But, you know, like, really, think about if you kept on inputting your trades on theatergang.com, uh, that you'll eventually get to a trading history like mine. Uh, because I built mine over like, what, like six, eight months now. Um, but you'll eventually get there too. And if anyone ever gave you poop on like, say, StockTwits or Twitter, or maybe even ThetaGang.com someday, even though that's not allowed, you, you can't be a, you can't be a butt. Uh, <laughs> but imagine, imagine if you did have that trading history, you can have, you can flex the type of confidence that I have because you have proof of your trading history uh, and they don't, right? Like, as far as you know, uh, their call that they just won 1,000% on uh, didn't do anything to their all-time. In fact, his all-time or her all-time might be like negative 200K, but now they're just flexing that they got a 10-bagger on this one AMD call that they got, right? So, like, really, just don't, don't worry about anyone else's game. This is starting to turn into a sports coach type of speech. But yeah, just don't focus on anyone else's game. Focus on yours. Um, execute, execute, execute. And next section. Okie dokie. All right, this next section, the ThetaGang.com website updates, is a doozy. It's a long one, and that's a good thing, obviously, for you guys, because you guys always want, uh, you know, bugs to be fixed and the user experience to be better, as well as new features. So let's get into it. Okay, so this first one, I'm going to start off with a banger here. Okay, so the first one is when you close a trade now, you'll be able to see a preview of the trade before you close it. So this doesn't seem uh, you know, that crazy of a feature, but trust me, when you go close a trade, it's gonna feel a lot better because you're gonna know which trade exactly you're closing and you'll be able to preview if it's for a profit or loss before you close it and all that good stuff. So 
Um, this will hopefully, uh, you know, remedy the long rogging, rogging, <laughs> logging of trades um, in the interim uh, as I work on the edit trades feature. Um, that's spoiler. Yeah, that's coming soon. Um, just not, you know, today. Um, but yeah, so you'll be able to preview the trade and you guys will totally get what I mean when you go and close one. But it's going to look a lot, look and feel a lot better. Um, next up, the trade user experience, or uh, UX, is just a little bit better. Uh, you can't have negative quantities, and you also can't open at a negative price. So the reason for this is because um, previously, uh, when Theta Gang was newer, uh, I don't quite see as much now, but um, some people, if they were to do like a short naked put, they would actually put a negative quantity which you know makes sense on other platforms if they were to label it a naked put but because uh you know on thetagain.com the trade includes your side meaning you know you can pick a long naked put or a short naked put there's no need to actually put a negative quantity uh, if you don't quite know what that means if you're too new uh, then that won't make sense or if you're a veteran then i hope this makes sense to you um, that you know because you designate short in your trade type you do not need to put a negative uh, quantity meaning you know you opened one not negative one short puts you opened one short put right so or aka you sold a put all right um, this next up I want to go over two points uh, that I hope to help mitigate the amount of emails I get for several features um, and this includes trade user experience being a very hard thing to do and I just want to go and talk about that right now. So being able to partially close a trade is really really complex. So on one end say you open a short iron condor and then you close one leg um, then that becomes a put or call credit spread, right? Um, and then say maybe you close like the short side of that put or call credit spread, then that turns into a long or short naked call, right? This gets all very confusing and you have to do a lot of management on your end um, to determine what the trade turns into. Um, some of you software engineers listening right now might think, hey, maybe you should just do this on a per contract basis and then, you know, have a function that returns what type it is based on the contract types. I've thought about that. However, that is extremely bad UX in terms of like inviting new people onto the platform and even some veterans onto the platform just because that's a lot of inputs to manage. Um, so, you know, just for the sake of ThetaGain.com being like, you know, this sleek, modern, fast platform that's like easy to get into and looks nice and feels good when you use it, um, I'm, you know, purposely making it so that uh, you designate the type of trade that you do and that you can't partially close something. But, I mean, let's think about this. Um, you know, I absolutely don't want you to feel like you have to trade like I do. Uh, I definitely trade, like, all in and all out. I never, like, partially close anything uh, because that's that goes against my own trading style. 
Um, everything that I go into, I have a plan for. I feel like if people partially close something or, um, yeah, if you, if you partially close something or if you alter your trade, most of the time you don't have a plan uh, with that. Um, however, if you do have, like, say, 50 naked calls on some AMD FDs or, like, out-of-the-money calls, um, then maybe you want to close, like, half of them. Um, you know, the way that most people do it right now on the platform is they wait until they uh, sell or close all of the options, and then they put the average price that they closed all of them at um, when they're when all of it is said and done. So that's one way to close or close partially uh, multiple quantities of an option. However, uh, closing uh, certain legs of like say an iron condor right now is just not possible and it probably will not be possible for quite some time. The second reason why trader user experience is very hard is it's, it's like a mix of ego and like eagerness right like for example um you don't have to use big words and <laughs> you know anything with more than three syllables is scary to junie <laughs> okay i had to pause real quick because i blew out the mic from laughing too hard um where was i yeah so there's a lot of ego uh but then there's a lot of drive like a lot of people want to do things like open trades uh, but they also want to sound smart when they do it so uh, a good example of this is, you know, if someone opens a short naked put, okay, and then they put in the closing notes or opening notes like, oh, this is actually a cash covered put. Um, first of all, it's still a short naked put, okay? It doesn't matter if you use margin or if you have it cash covered, it is still a short naked put. And I just wanted to highlight this example just because it was the like most popular um, contrary like closing note that I've or opening note that I've seen and I wanted to address this because you know I make a lot of conscious choices uh, for ThetaGang.com that a lot of people just don't get the pleasure of like really knowing why I do certain things so for example like you know when you look at the trades on the front page you know how they're all uncollapsed right like you don't want to see all that information at once and you also want to be able to scroll fast um, but also the header of each trade shows only the necessary things, right? I, it shows like the expiration, shows the type, it shows the symbol, it shows the price you got in at. And then when you expand it or when you, when you want to know more, you click on it and you see all that information. A lot of people take those small things for granted, right? Like I'm not trying to give you um, sensory overload. I don't want to show you too many numbers at once. Like that's whack. Uh, I also don't want to show you too many input fields on a form. You notice that when you enter a trade, like it feels pretty good. I really like it. I think that's what sets me apart from all these other competitors starting to show up. And is that like they all show you a modal with a form with like 16 fields and it's like, it's a, it's so gross, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, your boys got you. Um, you know this is being built by an options trader and options seller. Uh, I'm super passionate about this. So uh, yeah, I guess that was a more of a rant than point number two. Next, all right. Um, next up, the opening and closing notes are now text areas. Uh, this is software speak for, AKA 
a bigger box to type in. <laughs> um, thank you, Chauncey, for sending me the email to put a fire under my butt to uh, get that done because I've wanted to do that for a while. But, you know, those emails help me see what the people want. Next up, uh, you can now choose every weekday uh, for expirations, and that is because quarterly options uh, like Spy have expirations on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, so thank you, Hunter, for the screenshot and very thoughtful email and the willingness to help. Lastly, as far as features go, uh, sessions on the website now last 30 days. Thank you, Andy, for the feature request. I think a lot of people appreciate that now. Uh, I know I do. It's kind of annoying having to log in every three days, but now it's 30. So everyone, thank Mr. Andy uh, for sending me the email. And uh, yeah. All right, 20 minutes in and we haven't started the topic, uh, but there's two more updates uh, before we head into the topic of today. Uh, and that is one, I got stickers. Uh, I think a lot of people know uh, about the stickers just because I posted some you know spoilers on Twitter uh, and a lot of people have been messaging me in the DMs asking me how you get one and they're free the stickers are free okay Judy but the how do you get the stickers bruh alright bruh there is a catch the stickers are free but they come with a hoodie that you gotta buy though the, the hoodies are definitely not free uh the price is still to be determined but here is the info about the hoodie uh my patrons of course got a sneak peek even with pictures of what the hoodies look like they look dope they feel dope i have the very first versions of them uh me and my girlfriend don't wear them every day but we do wear them in the morning when it's cold and by cold i mean like 65 degrees we're babies <laughs> um but yeah they are black hoodies and if and if you could just close your wait no don't close your eyes don't close your eyes you could be driving uh but they are black hoodies uh they have the theta gang logo in white uh and then the very first print run uh and i don't want to disclose the amount that i will have available quite yet will have a first edition written on the sleeve Quick shout out to uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and uh, Pokemon and Magic, especially Magic, uh, for you know inspiring this. But that's not even that's that's nowhere close to the coolest part of this print run. The other sleeve. So the first print run will have Theta Gang on the left chest. It will have first edition on the left sleeve. And then on the right sleeve, it will have your thetagang.com username. How dope is that, dude? That is super sick. Um, you know, future, uh, future sweaters will probably have like some sort of QR code where you can like cash it in on the website to do something cool. I don't know. Um, like, I'm just, I, there's so many ideas in my head and I just want to get super nerdy with things. But I think that's a super dope first print run. Um, future sweaters will not have uh, first edition or the username on the sleeves um, and pictures will come out soon uh, after I shoot in them and yeah I think you guys will really like this uh, there's about oh t wow I didn't even mention it there are over 2,000 people signed up now there's like 2,200 people some somewhere around that range now we're going really fast like kind of almost too fast 
you know, <laughs> lots of people signing up more than ever. Feel cute. <laughs> Might go private later. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, oh, also, the, I think the most important point, 5% of the profits go to autismspeaks.org. I will 100% show a screenshot and I will more than likely record a video of me wearing the hoodie actually submitting the donation. I think that'd be pretty cool. So with all that, you're probably wondering, how do you get a hoodie uh, with the free sticker? Um, patrons will be able to get a link to the store 24 hours before uh, everybody else. Uh, they'll be able to pre-order theirs and then the public will get uh, the link to get theirs. Thank you all for letting me do all this cool stuff, especially the patrons. Um, yeah, I mean, just getting all of this support while I build a passion project is the best feeling ever. Um, so with that said, all of that said, let's get into today's topic, which is assignment and exercise. Ooh, spooky assignment and exercise. Um, okay, uh, you know, I don't want to just read off Wikipedia, or not Wikipedia, what is it? Investopedia. Because um, I want to talk to you like a regular human being, right? Like, I'm, you probably have heard about it. You're probably scared of it. Um, it comes up a lot when you start selling options, at least on, you know, like Reddit and everything. Um, and, you know, it could happen just to you out of the blue, out of nowhere, just trading randomly on Robinhood. Um, and I just want to debunk a few myths um, as well as just, you know, explain it to you one-on-one, -on -one, amigo to amigo, or amigo to amiga. So, yeah, let's just talk about it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, just... You know, bread and butter. I just want to get it out there. You can be assigned at any time, no matter what. Uh, you can have all the golden rules checked off. You can do the safest, you know, option trades. You will always be subject to being assigned. Um, that's because anybody can also at any time exercise their option. Now, does it make sense to exercise your options sometimes? Yeah. But like more than likely, you're never going to exercise an option. Um, I, I don't really quite have a, a explain like on five version of explaining it quite yet. Um, just know that like most of the time your options value comes from the difference of you know what the stock price is at. So it doesn't make sense to exercise the price difference. Um, I hope that kind of clicked. I'm not hoping it clicks all the way. Um, but just know that assignment and exercise can happen at any time, and that's because anybody can exercise their option at any time, even though it might not quite make sense. So, for example, uh, if I bought the 45 call and uh, AMD's trading at 40 bucks, uh, there's no reason for me to exercise the 45 call because that means I'm exercising my right to buy AMD at 45. Like, why would I want to buy AMD at 45 or exercise my option to buy AMD at 45 when I could just go to the stock market right now and buy it for 40? I think that is the example I wanted to originally say. Hope what I said before made sense, but now I hope that clicks. So you don't always want to, or you, you just never, mm, I don't want to say that either. You rarely 
want to exercise an option. There's like very, very, very rare cases you want to exercise. And so, I mean, let's just go on the opposite side just to make it make more sense. Uh, if, you know, right now uh, AMD is at 40 and I bought uh, the 39 call. So I'm in the money and I'm green on the position, right? Um, you know, why wouldn't I just exercise to buy AMD at 39? Uh, that's because on a previ previous episode, we talked about intrinsic value. Uh, I don't want to say too many words, too many big words. Um, because your call is in the money, it's worth as much as a difference up to, f up to whatever the stock price is at. So for example, if your call, if your 39 call is compared to the $40 strike price, your call is worth at least a hundred bucks because you can exercise that call and you can immediately gain a hundred bucks. So that's why it's already priced into that option, right? Um, there's just never, again, I never don't want to say never. There's rarely a case where you want to exercise an option. And I mean, just to, make it a little bit more simple. If your option is in the money, it's worth at least the difference between the current option strike and the current strike price. You kind of just have to, especially when you're just like starting out and learning about this and intrinsic value and stuff, just always wonder or like ask yourself when you're looking at a position, you say like, you know, why would this person exercise this? Or why would this person not exercise this? Um, like this AMD example, if you went onto your broker app, you will notice that all the deep in the money calls are pretty expensive. And that's because it has a lot of intrinsic value to them. And um, in fact, they're probably worth just as much as the difference between the strike price and the current stock price, just because you, know, you can exercise those as soon as you buy them. Um, and but there's no point, right? Because you can just go to the stock market and buy the current price of the stock. So just play around with those, asking yourself with those questions to get a better feel about exercise. Okay, um, another point I think about exercise is you know you as a option buyer are always in the seat to exercise. Um, you know if you exercise your 45 call at AMD at 40 then yeah, someone has to sell you uh, AMD at 45. I mean, they pocket like 500 bucks uh, and you're basically down 500, but you could exercise, you could do it. Um, and in that case, they would be assigned, right? They were assigned to sell you uh, AMD at 45, even though uh, you know AMD is currently trading at 40, they will happily be assigned and do that for you. However, that scenario very rarely happens. Um, but let's go and talk about um, what it's like to sell options and what assignment means there. Um, I, I know a lot of you guys are and girls are listening and waiting for the episode about the wheel. I thought about making that today's episode, uh, but I want to just put that off a little bit longer because I think I have to do a few supplemental episodes before jumping into that topic just so it goes a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about assignment uh, being a seller now. Um, a very, very common thing to do, especially when you first get started in selling options, is you sell puts, right? Like it's it means that, hey, if 
the price gets below this amount, meaning like if Apple is trading at 100 and uh, you know you sell the 95 put, if say Apple drops down to 90, well then you have to buy Apple at 95 because that's the 95 put that you sold. Uh, and then suddenly you're $500 down because Apple's now trading at 90 bucks. Uh, but at least now you're long on Apple stock. Um, so that, that action right there, uh, you having to buy 95 or Apple at 95, right? That is considered assignment. You, your option got too deep in the money and it made sense to the other person to exercise, um, their option. Now, when that type of assignment happens, like say you're, that you sold a put and the stock price like blew through that put, right? Um, that usually that assignment usually happens after or like right before the option expires. So, say like if you're if you're like currently down on the option that you sold, um, like say for example you open Apple ninety five put and Apple's currently trading at hundred and then it expires in five days, and then Apple tomorrow goes down to ninety, um, you won't. Probably, you probably wouldn't get assigned um, quite yet. Um, what would actually probably happen is, yeah, you're probably like $500, $600 down because of extrinsic value, but we won't get into that now. Um, you're probably like $500, $600 down on that position, five days left. Um, and then as you know, Friday gets nearer and nearer, um, and say Apple is still trading around 90, it's r like after the bell, uh, if, especially if you haven't closed the position, um, then you will get assigned uh, sometime on Saturday or Monday when uh, markets open, uh, however your broker handles it. Uh, assignment is typically done uh, like after expiration. I think that's just what I want to say. There are uh, cases though, say Apple is trading at 100, you sell the 95, and Apple plummets to 50 bucks. Like it, it, it just goes down to the earth's core and the trade is super bad, right? Then the other person that uh, you sold the put to has some sort of incentive to exercise because they might find it as a good selling opportunity or like they don't want to take any chances with anything or maybe they think the stock price will you know immediately go up or so, I don't know, something. They want to time it so they want to exercise early. There's a good chance you'll get exercise if it gets too deep in the money, right? If you if if it goes down too low, and we're talking about selling a put, if Apple dropped down to fifty on the next day, then yeah, you're most likely to get assigned midweek, and you're probably not gonna have to wait, um, uh, like till after expiration. So now you know assignment is also not always a bad thing. Um, you know you can also look at that. Uh, the previous example is not a bad thing. It, it's really up to perspective. So for example, um, Apple's trading at 100, you sell a 95 put, and Apple goes down to 90. Sure, you had to buy Apple at 95, and it, it went down to 90, but now you have 100 Apple shares, and uh, you you believe in the company, and you know the stock will go up, so you just decide to hold on to the stock for a little bit longer. And you know maybe Apple at the end of the quarter is trading at 105, and boom, you just ended up picking Apple up uh, for cheap, uh, and now it's trading higher. So that's the premise 
uh, or that's the, at least the beginning of the wheel. And I want to just talk about like how you can definitely look at you know, these scenarios uh, different ways, especially if you look at it from the wheel perspective, then it's a good thing. Uh, but it's like never a good thing. Uh, you know, if you're selling a naked put and it blows through the floor and, you know, Apple trades at 50 instead of 90 and you're down bigly on the position, that's not good, even if you were doing the wheel. Um, but, you know, let's go on and talk about the other side. The other side, um, like say, for example, you uh, have the 100 Apple shares and they're trading it at, I don't know, 100 bucks now. Maybe they went up from 90 and they're 100 bucks. Um, and you decide to sell a call, right? You want to do a covered call. Uh, we haven't done that episode yet, um, but you know I'll go into details in a later episode. But you know just, if you already know what a covered call is, then that's amazing. Then let's just you know briefly talk about it. If you have a hundred shares of Apple and you do a covered call and you sell the one hundred five call, um, and Apple's trading currently at one hundred dollars, um, and then say Apple like moons and it goes to like one ten, um, then yeah, you're gonna be assigned to sell Apple at 105, even though Apple is trading at 110. Um, you know, assignment is like good or bad there, depending on how you wanna look at it. You obviously sold the call thinking like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind getting my Apple shares taken away at this price because I don't think Apple will go up this fast, so I'd rather click premium on the way up. Um, but yeah, you did exit for a profit right like imagine that you only sold calls or covered calls um higher than your entry price then yeah i think uh you know you'd be pretty happy with exiting for green but of course everyone has a little bit of fomo when the price keeps going up even after their shares get assigned uh, or called away in this instance so it, what both scenarios have in common is that puts and calls uh, they get assigned when, you know, if you're selling them, they get too deep in the money. Uh, the time when they do get assigned, it depends. Most of the time, it's going to be when the market closes. Uh, and then you get assigned before the next trading day, typically on the Monday. Um, I know I've gotten assigned from Tastyworks, um, I think on Saturday afternoons. Um, and so, you know, like my target shares, for example, were assigned, um, but all my other covered calls were called away or assigned to. So I was forced to share or sell a lot of my other shares, uh, my Data Dog shares, my Luck and Coffee shares, all of those of which have gotten called away. But it's always a good thing because the covered calls are always above my entry price. So I'm always selling my shares, my hundred shares uh, for a profit. Um, you can absolutely look at any point of this, like, you know, chasing the tail scenario of assignment and exercise. You can look at every scenario as a good thing or a bad thing. It really just depends on what your goals are and what you intended. If you just follow a few of the golden rules um, for like when your entries for like short puts, um, like for example, you know, you, you want to be aware of the risk of assignment, especially if you can't afford it. Like, I mean, for example, um, you can sell a short naked put uh, on Amazon and collect a few grand, um, and especially if the stock price doesn't go down, or maybe it goes down a little bit, or if it goes up, uh, you collect all of that money, right? It's very lucrative. It's very, like, it's very sexy. It's a very sexy trade. 
um, but you gotta be able to afford, uh, you know, having to buy a hundred shares of Amazon in case the assignment happens. That's also, you know, money is not the only thing either. Um, it's a very powerful position and mindset when you enter short naked puts wanting to pick up the stock. Um, but it's very, it's, I don't know what the right word is. It's like people always say like, oh, I hope this dips down so I can buy more, right? Like I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I feel like a lot of people that do say that don't actually mean it. They're just doing it to like anti-jinx themselves or like spread, you know, bullish thoughts, whatever. Um, but, you know, selling short naked puts is a very, very strong position to be in, especially if you have risk capital that you're not using. Um, I am just a total advocate of it. Uh, I think they're great um, just because uh, you profit on all movement uh, when the stock goes up or sideways or slightly down and because it's naked you click premium faster and the very worst case scenario is if it goes down too much you pick up the stock at a lower price than you have would have previously entered if you had outright just bought the stock um, so this has turned into a second <laughs> episode about short naked puts <laughs> Um, but yeah, exercise an assignment. Assignment can happen to anyone at any time, and you, as an option buyer or seller, can exercise at any time. Um, don't be shocked if it ever happens to you. Um, that's why you always gotta make sure that you are covered on any of these trades. And I don't mean like uh, you got margin on deck. Uh, but I mean like make sure your bankroll is intact. Make sure you're not taking on too much risk. Like you gotta really, really look at your position sometimes, especially if you're short. Um, there is a very famous moderator on Wall Street Bets uh, that has lost a lot of money on Tesla. Um, you know, selling too many options, getting into this weird, uh, you know, uh, unideal scenario where he was basically short Tesla because he was selling too many calls, but he was making a good amount of money previously because he was like selling puts at the same time he was buying or selling calls um it it's it's fun it's really fun selling options just because yeah as time goes on uh you do collect premium uh but you can get in over your head and i just want to always emphasize that not you know i mean earnings are dangerous but like options are just inherently dangerous it's not like buying a stock and then just holding it like we are you know flinging around promises and contracts that are worth thousands of dollars over a thumb flick on the phone or maybe a few clicks on the desktop and you gotta be just aware you gotta have your head on your shoulders you can't get too cocky on any of these trades or i mean you might just find yourself going good <laughs> See, your boy still got it. <laughs> I mean, I'm selling options now, but yeah, I remember waking up and seeing the red line of doom because earnings didn't go your way. Oh my God. Good times, good times, good times. Um, I think that wraps up the episode. Um, exercise and is there anything else I want to say? Like, um, 
No, I, I mean, if it's not obvious enough, and I know it, like a lot of people take things for granted, but I just want to say, uh, when you exercise something, you ideally or you know you most likely have to contact your broker through like email or phone call that you want to exercise uh, it's usually not in the ui of a broker uh, and it's not in the ui like for a reason because you rarely ever want to do it um and assignment is usually done automatically for you like if you uh you know are wondering if you could get assigned uh, you're kind of like left in the dark and you don't know when exactly it's going to happen uh, there's no guaranteed time so i don't want you to come out of your car or finish shoveling your snow thinking like um you're gonna you know only get assigned on saturday like you can get assigned on sunday or like monday before pre-market or anytime really so um yeah if any of you guys are wondering what broker app i use i use tastyworks the desktop app is super good it lets you see all of uh, your like theta gang style traits all in one screen uh, that's one thing i don't like about Robinhood is that if you start to do theta gang style traits it gets really hard to track everything gives you uh, tastyworks gives you this ui where you can see all the profit loss and where each trade is at like you know you can set your triggers pretty like easy um, but there's these like small progress bars uh, seeing or lets you see like how close they are to getting in each trigger. It's like really nice. Um, just as a shameless plug, there is a referral code. It is ThetaGang, all caps, no space. Um, so if you want to use that referral code, you get most of the perks that the patrons have. Um, and for the ones that have used it, go ahead and email me and I can confirm uh, if you've qualified and I can get you set up. On Patreon, uh, the 20 30 40 $50 tiers sold out. Uh, the $60 tier is almost sold out. I think there's four or three more spots. Um, and then the next jump is to 80 And then the $80 tier is available too. And you can go ahead and go to patreon.com slash thetagang um, to get that going. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at realthetagang. And then you can email me at juni at thetagang.com with any bugs, features, or comments. Um, just a huge thank you and extended shout-outs to Nathan's De Silva, Vicious Poultry, DDSS699, Abel, Option Options, Tishihard94, Fox624, Simon Says, Ryzen1020, Saeed1973, Leo Jetson, Master John Z, HP Larry, Associate K, Moist Towelette, Whippy123, Anthony511, Andrew E.C. Kim, El Finkel, Mitch Brady7, Mark James It, Make More 2, Aborio Rice, The Iron Man, Van Traders, Siriams, Hashbrown441, Dad, Mike D, Monkey48, and Samus from Great State of Texas. It's really crazy that like less than 2% of people make it this far in the podcast. Um, you know, some people I'm sure are the ones that just like keep it playing while they do something. Um, or some people just do end up listening to all of it and uh, thank you. I want to make Theta Gang like more welcome to girls like and this is why I'm saying it at the very end of the podcast because like I know there's gonna be jokes of plenty here but like finance for girls is like low-key kind of scary and like don't quote me on that like that's just what Planet Money says and I agree like you start talking about stocks or something, you know, it's a stereotype that, you know, the, the husband does the stock stuff for the, like when they're married, whatever. Um, I, I want to break that stereotype. I want to make Theta Gang like really, really welcoming. 
Um, there might be a special like section of the website where like certain accounts that I personally approve can like log into. Um, because yeah, dude, if you look at other stock related websites, it is super like boomer sexist. You, you get what I mean? Like those memes aren't even dank. They're just like, like cringy, like, you know, like half naked white girl that's like pixelated because not because it's like porn but because it's like just an old picture of some 1980s <laughs> i don't know dude like just the entire stock and options like community is so like i don't know it's just not welcoming to females i, I want to change that um yeah i if you are a female listening to this, uh, especially to the very end, there will be something special for you eventually. Um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to deliver it. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about you guys, girls. Hey. <laughs>